This is Beyond Governance with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. And having said that, it's important to just create that kind of picture. And without any waste of time, I'm told that Alex uh, Mashil is on the line, um, you know, to, to give a perspective. Um, Alex, good evening and welcome to Beyond Governance. Alex, uh, are you with us? Yes, good evening to you and to the listeners. Thank you very much for coming through, Alex. Um, earlier on, I was just sort of painting a picture um, as to where we are, why you know the land issue is such a pertinent issue, and that require you know robust engagement um, for 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 take in order for us to take the country forward. Um, you know, in our previous conversation, you 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 cited a very interesting perspective from the South African Communist Party's uh, point of view. Um, and in the context of the the impending consultation processes, um, what wh- why do you think it is so important that we have this kind of consultation with different community structures? It's very important. If I may go back to basics uh, and use the Freedom Charter as the premise of this input in looking at the importance of the consultation process, we come from the history where the majority of our people who were expropriated were also denied a right to participate in the affairs of the state or in public affairs as managed by the government. So there were two processes. The first was that of expropriation. Once the modern state of South Africa was established in the form of the Union of South Africa in 1910. Those who were dispossessed from colonial conquest continued to be dispossessed legislatively under the auspices of the state, while they were denied a right to express their views on the mandate and the processes of governance and the state. Now, when the Freedom Charter was drafted, a declaration was made that no government can justly claim authority in this country except if it is based, unless if it is based on the will of the people. Now, you don't just amend the Constitution. You don't just amend a law. You don't just bring a piece of law, even if you think it is in the best interest of the people. It is important that the will of the people is seen to be exercised in the processes of lawmaking. And this is extremely very important. It is a principle of participatory democracy. Thank you for that, um, 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 uh, Alex. But perhaps maybe... You know, one may argue that, um, you know, in as much as democratic ethos calls upon for a thorough consultation process in order to legitimize the outcome. In, in some instances, some people may argue that um, what's the point of going through these kinds of, of processes because the, 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 the expectations are pretty much well known or at least the desired outcome is, is pretty much known. From a government uh, point of view, what would have been the lessons learned around the processes um, you know, of consultation wherein um, um, at some point um, you know, other bodies uh, or arms of government felt that, you know, legitimacy did not uh, um, 
derived or was not fully exhausted as the consultation processes was was seen not to be adequate. What, what's your take on that? The, the High Court of South Africa, the Supreme Court of Appeal, the Constitutional Court have turned down or have overturned a number of decisions, including legislative cases, which were uh, developed and concluded without, not even, let alone consultation, but without sufficient consultation. As we speak right now, there was a piece of law, the expropriation bill, that went through the National Assembly and the National Council of Provinces in a manner that did not involve sufficient consultation. And the former president did not sign that law because of that. Had he proceeded to sign that law without sufficient consultation in its development, the court of this country were going to overturn it because they have to ensure that there is sufficient consultation which is one way, and if, in fact, which is very important to give practical effect to participatory democracy. We don't want that. Also, if you look at uh, uh, other uh, constitutional or legislative amendments, I mean, look at uh, the Houghton province. I'm sure you will remember the case of Kuton in Houghton province, whether it must be in the northwest province or in Houghton province. That resulted into very, very, very serious problems. So it is important to embark on consultation, and the consultation must be meaningful. It must allow people to make their submissions. And in terms of the case law of our country, you don't just design a process in order to fulfill a formality. If you design a process in order to fulfill a formality, the court will catch up with you. This is why, if you remember the case, the Nganga case, uh, where it was suggested that the recommendations of the public protector, the remedial action of the public protector, were mere recommendation and could be ignored, the Constitutional Court held that that is not the case. So when you embark on consultation, at the end of the consultation, whatever product you emerge with, you must give reasons why the other views that were submitted were not chosen and why the views that eventually become the outcome were chosen. Thank you very much for that perspective. Perhaps maybe a pause a part in short, um, uh, 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 my good sir. What would you, what would be the expected outcome, or at least envisaged um, expectation on the side of the SACP, all things being equal, having seen, you know, or having adhered to to the entire process, what is it that um, Communist Party is looking to see as the outcome of these uh, processes? Firstly, the Constitution says that there must be equitable access to natural resources, to the natural resources of South Africa. Now, at present, we don't have equitable access. People are not being treated fairly and equally. Those who have money can buy huge tracts of land, and those who have got no money 
can be landless and can even live under the bridges of Johannesburg, Tuani, Cape Town, and Deben, as if that is normal. That is not normal. A society that allows that is definitely not normal. So at the end of this process, the, re- the constitutional requirement of equitable access to South Africa's natural resources must find its profound expression in the outcome. That, that, that is the bottom line, and that is provided for in the Constitution. What must happen now is to walk the talk. Absolutely, absolutely. Unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there, um, and my good say. Uh, thank you once again for your insightful uh, input on this very important issue. Thank you very much. Most, most definitely. Um, there you have that was Alex Mashila, who's the national spokesperson of the South African Communist Party, giving us a perspective, particularly drawing from the constitutional imperative um, as to why the process is that important.